who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Some of you may think a podcast about representation, it's not for me. But if you're a human being, then the podcast Reppin is for you because we all represent something as people. So are you interested in knowing what you have in common with your favorite actors to best-selling authors and leaders in different genres? On Reppin, you'll meet notable people you think you know, You'll see what they show up for, and you'll see what they represent. It's an insightful, feel-good show, hosted by me, Evelyn. So come and take a listen. Reppin is available wherever you get your podcasts. Beyond and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show covering all the latest and greatest in the world of PlayStation. I'm back and we have so much big PlayStation news that, that Sony brought along for us to discuss this week, including a release date we have been waiting a long time to talk about, uh, then also a delayed release date that we have talked about several times before, but we'll, we'll get to all of that in due time. Uh, I'm joined this week by Brian Altana. Hello and beyond. Beyond, good to see you, Brian. And good also joined this week by Mark Medina. Only murders in the building season no, two, Jonathan no, Dormush. I haven't started it. No spoilers. You haven't started it? What no. the hell are you doing? So, I, I, yeah, I haven't started it. I do love that show. It is wonderful, but I haven't started it. I'm sorry. I'm very sad right now. I'm glad we got through the biggest news this week. Yeah, that's the biggest. <laughs> no, biggest news Bye, is I have watched a disturbing amount of Doctor Who. That's why I haven't been playing games. Is what I is have... this? What What is happening? I don't. What, I, what is this I podcast? Right anyway, I uh, know we do. We're in the movies and TV section of the show. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Come on, Brian. Uh, it's not like we have the biggest PlayStation game of the year to talk about this week. Uh, but no, before we begin, I do want to give just a sort of heads up for everyone. Uh, after the last few weeks of, of everyone being in studio while I was out, a huge thank you to Max and to everyone who was on, like Brian and others who were able to hop in while I was gone. Uh, we are going to be remote for a few weeks because of, uh, you know, Comic-Con stuff is starting to happen and prepare for, and uh, our studio just won't be fully up to speed for, for stuff. So we'll be remote for a few weeks. Uh, and also this week, two-thirds of this podcast have COVID. So we... Both, both uh, of you on yep. both sides of me. Yeah, Brian is just like... <laughs> I, I mean, this is... I think I'm like... this. Am I quarantined right now in this, in this rectangle? You're isolated this in is, that box. This yeah. is exactly how you get it. You chose to be in between us. This is, this is how it spreads i didn't know that, that first of all i didn't know where you were putting me this this okay red, red's producing the show red next time this happens can you please put the rectangle six feet apart <laughs> just me and dornbush together then bride in the very and just corner. off to the side uh, a well, v-mix glad, isolation I'm, yeah i'm glad we can still we can still hang out so there we go <laughs> yeah the, there's yeah. there's live footage of me getting sick from both of you. Um, <laughs> that's that's um, it. <laughs> no, of course we yeah, obviously are taking as many safety precautions as possible and not gonna be in studio as a result of that. But then yeah, for the for the next few weeks we'll also be remote uh because of just yeah, things going on with production and whatnot. But, you both look great. You both look great though. Well and thank you're, you. You're you're Thanks. doing well. Um uh, and 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 <laughs> and PlayStation brought you both a, a beautiful gift today. They yeah. did. The release date for God of War Ragnarok. It's finally We happened. did it. Finally. Um it, God of War Ragnarok release date watch 2022 is over. 
for now. It feels like we accomplished something. We didn't do anything except for wake up and look at Twitter, but it yeah. still feels like we all accumulatively accomplished something. <laughs> you, well, you know, pa patience is, I think, that's a that's sure. a thing, right? That's an that's an achievement, right? Or, or yeah. a trophy, I guess. In this game, there you go. Uh, no, yeah, maybe I should mention the date before we jump too far in. But uh, God of War Ragnarok is coming to PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five November 9th. 2022 mm -hmm. this year uh obviously there has been i know we've talked about it on the show for for weeks if not months at this point there has been all this worry because they've been very quiet about things that the game was going to be delayed uh despite you know protests from the devs themselves including cory barlog on twitter being like it's not getting delayed people mm -hmm. were still worried because it was quiet um one i think it is worth couching in the context of this as this happened i think maybe between episodes or maybe it happened last week as well but like there has been just a um disgusting level of uh vitriol and abuse thrown at the devs because of people wanting information about the game and that is never okay obviously anyone out there listening we hope all of you out there are sane and wonderful and good people but never do that to devs you have no excuse or right they, ever to send harassment toward them because can, you can we just say it they they were sent they there were there were a, a small yeah. emphasis on small group of fans yeah. were sending pictures of their genitalias yep. to the developers and Insane. three four days later we get the release date anyway and so you did you didn't need to do that you don't yeah. ever need to do that nope. don't ever do that to anybody and uh you don't deserve this game if you did that. well and don't don't think that what everybody's been doing on twitter is what made this happen like it's such mm -hmm. a ridiculous notion i get really really heated when i when i think about the tweets i've seen lately because it's just like it's ridiculous like Sony never said that they were about to announce the release date for this game. Like, mm -hmm. they didn't say that, and yet them and all the devs are the ones that get all the harassment because some fucking Twitter oracles just say, like, oh, the game's coming next week. It's, like, it's so much bullshit. I hate it so yeah. much. And it's, there's a reason I've not been on Twitter for, like, three weeks. It's, it's really so frustrating bad. and and awful to see and obviously we know that it's just a small portion of the audience out there, so not yeah. even necessarily of the show, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, people who engaged in that very small representative of the audience but uh a a frustrating and disgusting part of it and it's it was very very crappy to see at a time when it should be celebratory for the devs when they've been working so hard for years on this game yeah um so you know i hope we can move forward and just focus on the game please obviously out there like if you're part of this audience be respectful of devs always they are working so hard to bring us these magical amazing worlds uh and, 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 and no amount <laughs> no amount of nagging or harassment or anything will move this along any further unless you're a shareholder because yeah. then you are the most powerful person in the world of video games they're the ones that ultimately make all the decisions they're the ones that ultimately it's that's why we got cyberpunk before it was done like this is this is like shareholders are the they're the money people and they have all the power yeah. and and we don't we're just we're just fans so um that said it is yeah it's a reminder rules. just to yeah. be respectful be kind to devs be treat them with the respect they deserve as mark was saying as human beings and mm -hmm. uh but yeah mo moving on from that it just had to be said because it, it was so frustrating and disappointing to see but on a good side of things it is so great to Finally have this release day out there. Uh, alongside it, we got a short CGI trailer, not new gameplay, and we, and we can kind of talk about that in a, in a second, uh, but showing off uh, Kratos and Atreus, some cool fighting, some cool CGI action there. Uh, a tease of a giant wolf who, as if you know Norse mythology, most are assuming is Fenrir, uh, which story-wise, again, I'm not going to spoil things for people who are maybe just jumping into God of War in the months leading up to Ragnarok, uh, has some interesting complication, er, complications and implications based on North <laughs> mythology uh, for what Fenrir's inclusion might mean, but we'll, we'll get there in due time. Uh, but for those who are obviously excited for it, which I assume are many, many out there, uh, pre-orders open up on July 15th. Uh, there are several separate editions of the game. Uh, obviously, like the base editions of the game, there's a digital deluxe edition. There's two collector's editions, the collector's edition and the Jotnar edition, uh, both of which come with a replica Mjolnir uh, hammer. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. Thor, we know, is going to be part of this game and, and be a big uh, player in it. Uh, they also come with a bunch of other goodies in there that uh, you can look forward to. I'm just trying to make sure I get them, like a cool Idrisil like, cloth map is one of them. Uh, the Jotnar edition comes with a... 7-inch vinyl with music by Bear McCreary, and if it's anything like the score of the first game, it's probably an amazing score it's for awesome. this game. And if you put and it on at home, you'll get all of like your housework done. 
so quickly <laughs> in, in very very interesting ways just angrily. <laughs> you'll get you'll get just just angrily doing dishes you're like where's just, my shirt just like <laughs> grunting and chanting ripping your clothes off just everything is smashed but, yep. uh, you know uh, in your mind everything's clean you're like yeah. your wife walks you out look, like, what are you doing chaos everywhere boy um, <laughs> <laughs> But they come with a few cool other additions as well. Um, you can check all of that stuff out. We have sort of a buyer's guide on IGN if you want to look uh, for things. And they also, uh, PlayStation themselves did an unboxing uh, with, I believe, the actor uh, behind the the voice and, and motion mm-hmm. capture for Thor. Um, I believe both. And uh, as well as Raf uh, Grassetti from Sony Santa Monica, who uh, does incredible art both at Santa Monica and just on his Twitter feed, incredible artwork all the time. Yeah, uh, but for sure. You know, so we've got those special editions to look forward to. I think that's really cool. One thing can I, I want to... Can I point out something real quick yeah. about those special editions? I think it was Go really ahead. interesting. Um, the, yeah. the biggest one comes with a steelbook, but doesn't come with a physical copy of the game. But it does yeah. come with a digital copy of the game. And, like, mm-hmm. we've seen the big sort of high-end special edition collector's editions the last few years omit the physical copy of the game. I have a feeling that's because there's, you know, the kind of handshake between the production lines of big you know, uh, statues and all that other fun stuff, or in this case, an ax, uh, and the discs that go gold that have to be shipped out separately and done in separate places are just happening at different places at different times. And this tears down on leaks and stuff like that. So I think if you do get this early, if a realtor, or, uh, not a realtor, uh, like <laughs> yeah, if, if you're, you're going if you're, to buy a house, if you're going to buy a house and you see one of these in there <laughs> and you steal it, uh, the game code probably won't work for you until the game <laughs> officially unlocks. Whereas a disc, you'd probably be able to play immediately, right? So mm-hmm. I see that a lot. So if you do buy the big one, you will get a steel book, but you will have to still, if you want a physical version of the game to put in that case, um, you'll have to buy that separately or yeah. redeem the code. And then just hope no one ever looks in that steelbook and you and I will keep that a secret. <laughs> it is, it, it's a weird trend. And I think a bummer of a trend for people who are the physical collectors, like the people who are buying it to have that nice yep. physical d- display case and to be able to have that disc. And obviously people feel very strongly if they're physical collectors about having that disc, especially with the way, you know, uh, digital media can be so ephemeral. So it, it's a weird trend though, is a bummer to see, but I think you're right. I do think a big part of it um other than also potentially probably getting people to double down and buy a game twice is Mm -hmm. because yeah they can put this box together months Mm -hmm. in advance in a way that they can't until the disc is done and discs you know have to wait for the game to go gold and that often now happens within a month of a game happening so um Mm -hmm. yeah that's that is where these are already probably a month out from getting like packaged together exactly they've they've already got one built here as you can to see. do an unboxing so yeah. you know what's funny though is i actually have a lot of steel books that just don't have games in them because eventually best buy will just uh what is it like <laughs> clearance them out for like a dollar oh right. and they don't charge shipping and so i've bought i have like a fallout 76 one i have a resident <laughs> evil one i have uh like two cyberpunk ones because i'm just like a dollar and there's like no shipping and i just buy them so it works out for me. I'll probably eventually get this steel case. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always a nice case. I have the original God of War's case, and it is beautiful. Um, one thing I do want to mention off of this, because obviously, as I said, we didn't get a lot of gameplay, and I do kind of want to talk about expectations for the game going forward. But for me, the, the hammer being a big part of this uh, collector's edition, not only do I think, you know, we're going to probably have Thor be a big prominent person. I don't think he's going to just show up for two minutes, but... Um, we're going to get to hold Mjolnir, right? Like, that's going to be a weapon you get, right? I hope so, yeah. That's I mean, what my I, feeling is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can only hold it by buying the big box version, then, like, that's a, that's kind <laughs> of a letdown. But I do think that that's going to be, you know, like, they, there was, they, there were items that or weapons that they held back from 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 fans in the press in the last game, uh, which I, I, I guess, can we can we talk about? I mean, at this point, so I would... I guess Literally light on the spoilers. They were, yeah. They were yeah. on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, I th- I think that like I think Kratos will get his hands on a lot of this stuff. I don't know about the dice. We'll see. But, I mean, there might be I a mean, dice mini game. You just never yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, in a world where I'm like, what are the dice for? Yeah. It, it, there's probably some sort of mini game. Horizon ended up putting a mini game in their game, so mm-hmm. <laughs> you it know, could be. It seems yeah. to be the trend. I I do remember in the last game, uh, we you know we were all in office because it was in the before times in 2018, and I remember when I got you know, the weapon. I are we really doing that? We still feel like we're yeah. <laughs> yeah, it still feels weird because I feel like so many people are gonna be playing this game for the first time now. Um, 
I, I remember I had to, we used to have capture bays in our office and I just like locked myself in one of those. Cause I was like, if you, if any of my coworkers who are not playing the game yet, even see my screen, they're going to get this yep. huge thing spoiled yeah. for them. And I, I, I kind of expect this to kind of be the same way where it's like, they're going to kind of like hint at it a few times. And then eventually it's like, boom, you get Thor's hammer and it's going to be insane. But that's just yeah. speculation. We don't know for sure. Uh, no. Yeah. We don't know for, but it, it fits so perfectly. I think like, you have the Leviathan Axe of Ice. You have another yeah. weapon of another element. Mjolnir, <laughs> Mjolnir would be lightning. And of course, like, you have the Leviathan Axe, which already comes back to you. That is a key thing that we all, like, think about with Mjolnir now, as it, you throw it and it comes back to you. So it's kind of already built into the game. Mm-hmm. Nornbush um, is just reading the back of the box right now. You have yeah, Leviathan, just... Ice Axe, and another weapon. <laughs> and other Of weapon. another element on the periodic table. <laughs> <laughs> um. You've probably heard the name Mary, Queen of Scots, and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy, but how much do you know about her life and what she was really like? For instance, did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled or that giving gifts was her love language? In my podcast, Vulgar History, we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part miniseries about the fascinating life of Mary, Queen of Scots. Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were, and it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear, and each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com. So, go, go ahead, Brian. No, I was going to say, you you were hinting at it before, the, uh, like the lack of gameplay today. They went with a, a cinematic trailer yeah. instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was an interesting choice I because it feels like when we've seen gameplay of this game, first of all, it looks awesome. Second of all, it's largely a known quantity because it's it's basically built off of the amazing foundation that the original game uh, put in. That was our that one game of the year that year. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite games ever. I don't think there's yeah. a I, like one of my favorite video game endings ever, uh, for sure. And um, I there was also a lot of backlash where people were kind of like, oh, they reused animations and blah, blah, blah. So I wonder if they're like, if if there's stuff they're they're also keeping a secret about there, you know? I I think there's a lot being held back. Yeah, that that whole frustrating reuse animations thing is uh, every time it gets dragged up, it's like God, the amount of work that goes into the cool animations, just let alone, of course, you want to reuse the cool I animation. I don't um, get that though. Horizon Forbidden West was mostly like like her rappel down and stuff like that. Those are identical to the first game. Did those? Because I've been seeing that a lot on Twitter as well. People are like, oh, this is just DLC, and it's like. I'm sorry, did Forbidden West feel like DLC? But lar- a, a, a big portion of that game is just reused animations from the first game. That's You want them to fully rebuild the game every single time there's like a sequel? Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, Mark, it's a- tomorrow, when you wake up and you go get Starbucks, I want you to do like a completely <laughs> different walk cycle. And then when you pay for it, you got to get like all crazy yep. with your arms and then drink drink it differently than you ever have. Drive every my move- car there backwards. Yeah, every movement every day should be brand new complain that the employees look the same as they did the day before it's the same models being used <laughs> mm-hmm. in store um oh God. are they yeah, ever no. going to update these aprons exactly um <laughs> yeah it's a very weird thing but i think like from what we've seen the game looks beautiful i think the puddles <laughs> the puddle oh my god uh, i think part of the reason they held back the gameplay was like because the release date was enough here yeah. my yeah. my assumption is i'm curious to hear what you both think kind of of like from here until november 9th what else are we going to get to the game? Because I agree. I think they're going to hold a lot back. I think they're going to be very secretive because I think they want people yeah. to be excited. And like you said, it's a known quantity. I think we get a state of play. I think we absolutely. get a, yeah, a there's gonna, mm-hmm, 15 absolutely. minute gameplay thing. And that's pr- other than maybe one other like launch trailer. I don't mm-hmm. think we're going to get a ton more. No, well, we'll get a state of play. That's the, this, this <clears throat> is, this has become par for the course for them, for the, their big, you know, triple A flagship titles at this point. Nice mug, Dornbush. Thank you. Again? It's from a uh, 2018 God of War. It's yeah, a, look at that. Yeah, that the Oh, symbol. nice. For those He's just... got the gold God of War mug. Um, yeah, I think we'll absolutely get a, a state of play. And what what sucks is like I don't know if I want to look at a lot of it. I know. 
And like, so I, on this show a couple years ago, I was like, I don't know if I need a sequel to this game because the first one was so perfect. And a lot of fans, you know, rightfully pointed out that there's a lot of narrative loose ends uh, and, you know, stuff that's conflict, unresolved conflicts at the end of the first game that are absolutely worth exploring. So I'm, I'm ready to go back in. It's been long enough, but um, yeah, I don't know if I want any more story stuff spoiled because I yeah. generally have an idea of how like exploration and combat will flow. I'm sure the world will be bigger. There'll be more branching paths and stuff like that. Um, more kind of like the, the, the smaller sandboxy areas. Like there, there are some parts in the original God of War that were like totally optional that you could just boat to and just mm-hmm. fight a bunch of tough ass dudes for a while. And so that's that's all well and good i don't know if i need to learn so much more about the story i'm just so happy we're playing this game this year so yeah far. yeah same what about you mark I, I think a state of play is is probably inevitable of course but i i also have a lot of hope that there's eventually going to be some sort of summer showcase and uh you know hopefully maybe they'll so show something there as well maybe something smaller that's where they mm-hmm. showed god of war last year that's where yeah. they kind of reveal you know not revealed it they revealed it with that logo the year before but uh that's kind of where they showed the the gameplay and all that stuff for the first time so i i have to assume that there's some sort of like summer showcase especially because the next story which is is we're going to talk about forspoken they say in their thing you know more to show this summer like i have to assume like sony still has some sort of like lid to blow off that's going to start up next year um so i don't know we could see it there but i can't imagine that they still wouldn't even if they show god of war there i still expect that there's going to be a dedicated state of play once we get closer but it's i mean it's still the release date is what five months away so Mm -hmm. like still plenty of time to kind of trickle these things out Um, i think i think we're done with summer uh, showcases from them we got the one at the beginning of june uh or i I don't it feels like it was i think beginning of june was that same play yeah um you think that's it i do i I think so yeah i mean they had some first party stuff in there they they had some great third party stuff like it was that was an awesome show so um i think with that and they'll i mean they'll also they're notorious nowadays for just like for for every state of play they do there's like five uh unceremonious blog posts that just drop a ton of information <laughs> on a random, you know, Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. So, like, PSVR 2, I believe, was revealed in a blog post. Like, it was yeah. just, yeah. sometimes they just do that stuff now. So, I don't know if we'll get another dedicated, like, 22-minute show of a bunch of different games kind of glued together. But um, I do think that you'll get you'll get a couple of, like, trailers for, like, you know, the Spider-Man port coming to PC and stuff like that. You'll get a couple of little things like that. Uh, maybe another peek at some PSVR 2 stuff. But I don't think we're going to get another big kind of like event size thing before the God of War state of play. And Mark, yeah. your your expectation I, is I so yeah for for me. I, I think I would be surprised. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised yeah. if that was it, only because like they've never missed a showcase, right? They've done E three, and then since then they've done not a state of play, but an actual PlayStation showcase. So right, this would be the year to miss, only because it's like we do already know like every hand that they have to play right like there's not a whole a showcase this year would be dedicated almost certainly to what's coming next year so i guess i guess if they were to miss one this would be the year i would still somewhat be surprised if Mm. they were like they they did say they're not part of gamescom or jeff Keighley's opening night live thing uh Mm -hmm. and so I don't they maybe they're saving something for themselves the thing is nowadays is that like it is so hard to predict any of this anymore because (laughs) this year especially like all the rules are broken like no Mm -hmm. one is even being like oh should we do like a gentleman's handshake and do like a pretend (laughs) e3 like there was you know like everyone all eyes were on nintendo and sony all through june right onto the last minute oh we're gonna get a state of play we're gonna get a nintendo direct and uh they were nintendo was like here's a third party direct um with some of our our friends and enemies or whatever and then our partners <laughs> and allies and then uh sony said nothing they just said yeah. nothing and then and then they put up a blog post today so like all bets are off right it's it's a different world now i all the things that used to work are not in place anymore and it's bittersweet because it means we get cool stuff all summer long but i did miss the kind of like the eventized that, feel of yeah. having a bunch of stuff kind of closer together you know well, yeah, I was I, in LA. Go ahead, oh, Mark. sorry, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, like, I was in L.A. for Summer of Gaming, and it's like every, every event that we did, right, Xbox and then uh, and then Capcom, it's like you want every single one of them to be, like, the biggest thing, right? And and they were all like, okay. Um, I, well, I thought the Xbox one was really good, but, like, yeah. I thought Capcom was, like, just okay and stuff like that. And then Square Enix is like, hey, we're going to do, like, a 10-minute show, and that ended up being my favorite showcase of the entire summer so far, <laughs> only because I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan, so to be able to see Crisis Core and Remake 2 and all that stuff, and so it's like, I agree with you when you say, like, there are just no more rules anymore, because it's like... UB, this... UB announced one for September yesterday, right. like, it's, yeah, it's all over the place. It's, so that... yeah. That's the weird thing is, and also it's that funny thing of, I think of September as fall, but technically most of it is still uh, mm-hmm. summer until the end of it. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, they have been doing- when you're, so, when you're in school in, it's in September, fall. you're not like, it's summer. I Exactly. Like, this I, sucks. Summer is I when still I'm not at school. That. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like, if they're going to do a showcase, I think September is the most likely because that's when they've been doing their big ones the last couple years. And it can be one that's very forward looking. It can be one that has a- last minute you know last of us part one is out uh here's a last you know god of war tease and then they can do what comes in 2023 and after because that's what you know the last one was pretty focused on the year if not two years ahead because that was spider-man 2 wolverine which is at least 2024 at the earliest possibly Mm -hmm. even later kotor remake um god of war which obviously was end up being this year and, and smaller games that were this year as well so that wasn't really a big like here's what's coming in the fall showcase that what you know there was some stuff that was closer but it was really a here's forward looking so if they do anything i think a september showcase like that is most likely but i also do agree brian like it's kind of the thing that we've lived by at this point is there are no rules like just because sony did that the last two years doesn't mean they will for sure it's the most likely because that's just kind of what they've said is their expectation but who knows they do also have to start showing psvr2 at some point presumably if that's early next year you know, they got to start rolling that out. Does that get as part of a showcase? Does that get its own dedicated thing? But yeah, I think we get a God of War state of play in the like late summer, early fall, like somewhere, I'd say somewhere probably post Tilu. Um, mm-hmm. Somewhere in that window of like se- late September, early October, like really get people energized. And then it's November, it comes out at the beginning of it. Um, but until then, yeah, I think the rest of the summer, like July and August are typically pretty quiet otherwise. So I, I wouldn't expect a showcase before September, in my opinion, uh, yeah. at the earliest. They're in a unique spot right now, and that is that they are by, you know, uh, sort of like Battle Royal rules, like the one of the last big games standing this fall. All, yeah. Pretty much everything else got pushed out. The, there were games like Breath of the Wild 2 that never really had release dates that got pushed to next year. Starfield did have a release date, originally supposed to launch two days after God of War. That got pushed to next year. Um, there, there's so there's not like this this went from being a year that last year we were all like this is gonna be huge and a bunch of stuff fell out and so now like they're in a really interesting spot where they are by default and you know not just saying that they only got there because it's by default because god of war is a huge game the first one sold a ton critically acclaimed like i said won our game of the year amazing game um but it is now probably the biggest single player game this fall and arguably this year outside of elden ring which is suddenly going to make for a very interesting uh, end of the year, game of the year conversation. Because I think like for, I've been making a bunch of jokes on Twitter all year long. Every time a game gets delayed, I'm like, God, you know, Elden Ring wins game of the year by default. And now things get interesting because who knows? There's the recency bias that comes with people just beating a mm-hmm. game. So if they beat, you know, Ragnarok and they go game of the year and they forget Elden Ring that came out, you know, 10 months earlier or something like that. Uh, Cause that's a February game. Um, that could make things really interesting for for a lot of for a lot of press, for a lot of uh, YouTubers, for a lot of influencers, for a lot of fans. Like that conversation gets very very interesting now that there's this big, huge, hopefully amazing single player game that launches this fall. Yeah, I can't, and- I can't wait. I was tweeting mm-hmm. about it this morning yeah. as well. Like I cannot wait for our discussions for this because like it can't score. Not that scores mean anything when it comes to our game of the year and when. When we say game of the year, we mean IGN's game of the year. Um, it can't score higher than Elden Ring, right? Elden Ring already got a 10. So even if Ragnarok gets a 10, you're like, cool, all right, that's two 10s. But like, but it's, I, a newer, it's a newer 10, though. A I know, 10. I know. <laughs> that that is, that is what's going to be the strangest thing is like, are people going to remember that Elden Ring is incredible, right? Because like, 
I don't want to say like snubbed or whatever, but I know a lot of people on staff were like kind of like upset that like Hitman didn't get the recognition it deserved because it came out in like January, the year that it came out, uh, Hitman 3 specifically. And it's like, there are people screaming from the rooftops being like, guys, remember that Hitman 3 was incredible? And people are like, nah, I don't remember that. You know, it's it's just kind of like a trend that most of the time the game of the year does come out towards the fall. But God of War 2018 came out in March 2018. So. Elden, Elden Ring also... April, sorry. 20. Yeah, Elden Ring also, you know, (laughs) Elden Ring beats your ass by design. And so a lot of people don't like, I love that. But a lot of people are like, I don't want to, I don't, when I sit down after like working a hundred hours this week or I'm tired or whatever, I don't want a game where I just have to fight, you know, Malaketh the undead breath fart or whatever the, for the, the, the yeah. cursed punish Put some respect on that breath fart <laughs> and i yeah and i love all that right like and so but i know that there are there are a lot of people out there that are just like cool awesome looks great not for me whereas god of war i think like you'll be able to drop that game if you're like a <clears> fan <throat> and you're just tired and you just want to play through the story you'll be able to experience that whereas it's like a, Ring, yeah there's an earlier uh moment where you hit the power fantasy whereas elden ring like puts you through its paces to hit the power mm-hmm. fantasy and even yeah. then you still get knocked against i think i think at the i and obviously you know we'll have to see how great ragnarok is and and how it both builds on the original tries to do its own thing is able to come to all of that i think elden ring won't be forgotten i think it will just be a question of one recency to you know i as much as there was also love for elden ring i do think the time has also let some people sit with it and find things to pick at more because the more time mm-hmm. you have with something it is and that doesn't mean they don't still love it but you, you get to more critically analyze a thing over months versus a two three week period especially by that point in the year so yeah it'll be really interesting to see but it does make for a really really exciting fall for us especially for playstation because playstation tends to not do big fall releases as yeah. often as the others and now we have the last of us part one in september and god of war ragnarok in november and that's a pretty big fall for them um i'm not gonna lie i keep forgetting about last of us just because i just like i don't i don't imagine i'm gonna really play it much (laughs) well i feel yeah i feel less ambivalent about that that game now and like i i think first of all i think i think the last of us remake is a good idea for people who haven't played the original Mm -hmm. or want to replay it right i don't i don't need to do that whole song and dance again sure but i think that like now that it's no longer their flagship title for fall 2022 and they have a bigger one right around the corner that takes that takes the heat off of the last of us a little bit and you can look at that more as like okay this is a really cool project that for the people who are interested in it and not like this is your big game this fall because you mm-hmm. have that now you have that too well and yeah. i i think tilu is gonna be just fine i do think that game is yeah. a a future bet more than anything and so yeah. that is a people get excited by the hbo show next year people want to return to the last of us when maybe part two gets a ps5 patch or a director's cut or whatnot like people are the the multiplayer game comes out and they want to revisit it and here's the best new version like that is a that is a future bet in such a big way whereas i it it's just a nice bonus i think for this fall but yeah the the eyes are going to be on on ragnarok but i'm I'm excited to play both but Mm -hmm. a game we won't be playing this fall uh any longer is forespoken forespoken uh got delayed uh, same same morning as the God of War release date announcement, uh, got delayed to January 24th, 2023. This one was originally supposed to come out in October uh, of this year. I believe October 18th was the original release date, and I'm just pulling up their full statement, so forgive me if you heard any clicks. For some reason, the uh, image on Twitter says it might have sensitive content. It doesn't. Uh, the, fu- the full statement from Forspoken, it's an interesting one that I do want to talk about, is, quote, As a result of ongoing discussions with key partners, we have made the strategic decision to move the launch date of Forspoken to January 24th, 2023. All game elements are now complete and development is in its final polishing phase. We'd like to thank you for your continued support and patience on this journey. Your excitement for the game inspires us every day and we cannot wait to share more about Forspoken with you later this summer. Um, That puts it... Now, I think, you know, one, I tweeted about this a little earlier. I think January is a much better time for this game because it's a brand new franchise, one that they want, obviously, to be a franchise. Putting that out in the middle of the fall, even a one that people perceive as a lighter one, but it's starting to get pretty busy, I think is not a great timing for a new franchise. Whereas January is a good time. That is a very Mm -hmm. good time to launch something new. It is a within a day of the Dead Space remake. So, you know, two big games to juggle there, but Mm -hmm. very different games at that point. 
Um, Brian, I want to start with you. I think one, you know, just in general, it, it's not surprising that Forspoken has been delayed because this isn't the first delay or anything. But what do you make of sort of the the way that they phrase this delay? Because I think it's kind of interesting. It is interesting, but I, I do think um, you just nailed the uh, or hit the nail on the head, nailed the head on the nail. Um, in that uh, January is a perfect time for a game like this to have a little bit of room to swim around. Um, people get new consoles for Christmas and the holidays and stuff like that. They get gift cards. They start the new year and they want new stuff to play. And this this is this is going to be big for them. And like you said, like Dead Space is the only real big one confirmed for January, I believe, as of right now. Because we know we got the Redfall and Starfield delays, but those are just first half of 2023, right? And 2023 yeah, is obviously starting to shape up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we don't, none of those have like confirmed release dates. I don't think they want to stick to any of those either way. But especially if you're just on 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 PlayStation 5, those aren't your concern anyway, right? And so if you're looking for big new games to play, you finally, somebody in your family has managed to get you a PS5 for Christmas this year or whatever it is, uh, you'll have some you'll have some cool games to play in January. So I'm I'm all into that. And you know what? Like this is this is a month where I would have I probably would have ignored this game had it launched, you know, between a couple other bigger ones this fall, which there aren't a ton of, but still. Uh, whereas in January, when I'm just kind of like, so what are we what are we doing this year? Oh, okay. Well, I'll play this. I, I got I got space for this right now. I got time for this. So I'm I'm into it. It's it is interesting that this obviously they didn't time this right. Like they, no one communicated. No, nobody was like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna delay this game, and we're also gonna announce the release date. Or God of War Ragnarok, the same thirty <laughs> second window, and yeah. and also uh, Frogun. I don't know if you guys saw that that game. Oh, I didn't see it. A, yeah, Frogun got a release date. It's okay, I thought it was very cute. They slipped that one in between everything. <laughs> um, um, yeah, but no, you're right. I was just looking up just to confirm. And yeah, those are the only two. I, I think it's like three days between the two of them. Dead Space and this of of any sort of big January release. Um, and also, as you mentioned uh, before, I jump to you, Mark. Uh, they do in the statement you alluded to this earlier say. Well, you'll see more later this summer. That could be for a showcase. That could just be Square doing its own thing. It could be at opening night live at Gamescom. That could also yep. be, that might be a good potential place for people to get hands-on. I know there's been a hands-off preview before, but that could be a, a big sort of coming out for the game. Um, but Mark, what, what do you make of the sort of reasons that they've talked about this delay and, and how you feel about its chances? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you don't see very many games delayed with the language that this game was delayed in there's nothing about like you know hey we're we we just need a little bit more time you've seen a lot lately which is very very good which is like hey we want to be able to have give our devs a good quality of life so we're instead of making people crunch we're gonna give them a few more months to finish their game like they actually specifically say in their thing hey like this game is done it's for done, the most yeah. part we're just we just have to polish it um strategic obviously is the big word here that's that's the that's the thing is like games have marketing and i can see they have their fall games, right? We just talked about that for the past three and a half hours, I assume. I don't know. Yeah, it's been that long. Yeah. Things are things are getting fu <laughs> fuzzy. Um, but like they have their big fall games, right? But do they have their big spring game and, and and that's still winter, but like do they still do they have their big January, February game? Because like that is becoming one of the most important times of the year now, right? Like with Elden Ring and Horizon and I can't even remember what else. A million games came out during that time. Sifu and and so like they're probably looking, they're probably being like, hey, in a in a time where there's already not that many games, we have our big fall games. We need our big next year games and that's where we're gonna put first spoken. Like it's it's really like this is this is just unneeded right because you have to assume that redfall is is going to be right around the corner and possibly breath of the wild so they don't have anything of that caliber but they have this so this mm -hmm. is that's where they're going to put it i did it's, think that that phrasing was interesting all game elements are now complete and development is in its final polishing phase um mm -hmm. that's pretty cool like that that makes it seem like like there are the there are the delays where you hear about where you're like oh like everything has collapsed in on itself nothing yep. is working you know the, the enemy the characters are falling through the earth like <laughs> it seems like they've are, are architecturally built every single asset that needs to go in this game and they put them all together and now they're just making sure that it's not a glitchy mess which is like yeah. that's that's a that's a good kind of delay I, and i like that line too about like they're inspired by the excitement of the fans like that powers them every day it's really cool so yeah it's 
uh, a three-month uh, addition to polish, which is stuff you know we'd probably see patches after the fact happen. They get to mm-hmm. help solve this stuff before launch. And yeah, like Mark, to your point, they they'll need stuff in the in the the spring. Square and Sony both have like very busy falls. Again, even if we kind of talk about like I think the perception of a light fall, like Square has planned for the end of 2022 as of now at least five games on the docket. Um, including for PlayStation, like Valkyrie Elysium is coming in September. There's the Diefeld Chronicle, which is still set for this year. Um, there's a couple other games that I'm blanking Crisis on just Core. at the moment. Uh, Crisis Core this winter as well. Um, and, and then a few other things, both on PlayStation and elsewhere. So Square has a busy fall to already plan things for. And then on the PlayStation side, Tilu is going to get so much of their love for September, God of War in November. And then if they both hit still this year, PlayStation, as far as we know, because of their, uh, you know, investor docs, is also seeing uh, Hogwarts Legacy and Avatar Frontiers of Pandora as two big upcoming third-party games that they're kind of putting their marketing muscle behind. So Mm. that's, you know, that is four massive games potentially for PlayStation to juggle in a three-month period. This is a brand new franchise. It's not attached to anything that's well-known. It Mm -hmm. is a bit of a risk. It has sort of had an up-and-down cycle of of, uh, promotion. Putting that in January when people are hungry for a new thing, like you were saying, Brian, way better chance of success than middle of October. Yeah, I'll, I don't... No, go for it. I was just going to say, I'll never forget, and nobody will ever forget, Titanfall 2, right? Like, coming out between Battlefield and... That that year's Battlefield and that year's Call of Duty. It came out... It was like three weeks in a row, and Titanfall just, you know, will always be remembered as the game that was just kind of like there... And, you know, Respawn has already said, like, they've said, like, it sucks that that, that kind of happened, right? Like, that they weren't able to delay out of that window. And, you know, being in media as long as we've all been, like, you kind of see, like, the market share games get just at our website by themselves, right? Like, I help run the gameplay team. And when I think about how big Elden Ring was and how big, um, uh, like, Horizon was... Games like uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands and stuff like that, we we just completely skipped. That that's a game I would kill to come out right now because mm-hmm. it would give us it, it would get so much like press behind it, right? Because like there's nothing else competing with it. Like Stray is just gonna be the biggest game ever, right? Like <laughs> that's all anyone's going to be playing this month. That and the Bear Cafe game, but it's like if you can take a big game like Forspoken, like exactly what Brian's saying is like something you may not have played, right? And now you'll play it because in January you'll have nothing else to play. Like yeah. I, I would love for for it to be just more spread out like that all the time. Well, there's this like weird game of chicken with uh with different publishers, and I don't, you know, everybody starts the year sort of understanding where things are going to land. Call of Duty has always been the big the the big one you want to avoid in the fall, right? Battlefield occasionally, um, but for the most part, this year has been like very surprising that regard. Because I don't think anyone would have predicted a few years ago, you know, finishing up Dark Souls three that like the or, or Sekiro that like the 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 game that that studio would make after would go on to become one of the biggest hits it and of the decade in video games, the biggest hit that studio has ever made by far, and and probably changing the course of what what they're going to work on uh, for years to come, and so like. No one could have predicted any of that. And I think also when you look at like, even now, like you Google, you know, 2020, 20, or 2023 release dates, right? And you look at everything for each month. Um, most of those are going to move or a bunch of those are going to move. Just the same way when we when you started the year in January and you're like, here's what's happening this year. So much of that stuff exploded and the shrapnel landed in different in different parts of this year and next year. And so it's so hard to predict that. And I'm sure like the tiny Tina Wonderland people were probably like, man, I didn't know this year was going to be like that. Like this summer, yeah. everyone, like the like most of my friends this summer are just like, they're going through their backlogs. They're playing a couple of old things here and there. Mark, you're, you're playing Fortnite. Like people, <laughs> people are just like, you know, they're going back to comfort food, maybe catching up on some indies that they haven't really played or like playing stuff that they, you know, that they haven't, they didn't, they didn't get to finish before. But like in terms of big AAA new games, we're not really seeing a ton of those right now. And so there were a lot of open spaces that I don't think people really saw existing when they were planning out, you know, their their marketing calendars for the start of this year. And the same things that happen next year. 
yeah it, i feel like next year is going to be insane <laughs> yeah. i mean i feel like we say that every year now it's like ooh, but next year guys is going to be big but uh next year probably is going to be pretty big i mean i think <laughs> next year will be big but i do also think like to brian's point a lot of stuff is gonna also move i think you know there's mm-hmm. a lot to look forward to some of those big games are going to get pushed to the end of the year some delay complications may happen like devs are still working through covid they're adapting still to brand new consoles and just general development is a very tough thing to, you know, contend with in a normal situation. So I think we're going to continue to see delays. I think we're going to, it is going to be a big year, but I think we'll see some stuff push. And then there's also always the surprises. Um, you know, I started this year not expecting that Ali Ali World was going to be one of my favorite games of this year, but it is. And then there's awesome indies that pop up throughout the year, like Sifu and Stray. And then we've got Roller Drome next month and, and Season coming up in the fall. Oh, you know what? I said yeah, I wasn't going to do the, I, I said I wasn't going to do one of the, uh, the what we're playing right now but you're just you're opening the door I forgot oh, no. neon white is it, it's awesome sorry that's the second time I've sorry, cussed Red. on this podcast it's COVID talk it's co- that's the COVID cussing uh, <laughs> neon white is awesome if people aren't playing that game you should play it mainly because I love speed running but holy smokes that game is so much fun I do want to get to that one at some point but yeah it, it helps to be able to get a small game speaking of small games uh, my favorite game actually of last year inscription was recently rated for playstation and if you didn't play inscription because it was only on pc and it comes to console play and Inscri- do not read a thing about it but just go i've play. still never played that game don't I probably should don't look up anything about it and just go play. don't play so, it don't play just don't don't it's play my, my favorite ga- game that is my game <laughs> how dare you <laughs> um but no yeah we'll we'll see what happens uh oh this year it's star ocean crisis core valkyrie elysium and dfl chronicle are all playstation stuff happening uh, or uh, Square Enix stuff happening well, that are all releasing on PlayStation. So, mm-hmm. and Brian Spoken mentioned we'll Call better. of Duty. Yeah. Call of Duty is usually uh, Sony market aligned as well. Yeah, yeah. Th- they still have that going on. Um, and this now, is the last larger. Call of Duty for until 2024. So, this I is actually the last Call of Duty ever. They're not ever. Down. Yep, not so, ever. They're, clo- they're, they're closing <laughs> the doors on the war machine. It's over. <laughs> it does. It does feel weird that there's not going to be a Call of Duty this year. It puts a weird. I don't know. Is there I not? Really, is this is there's the not, this, not this year. No, they've already. You mean next? Yeah, year. Th- there's one next this year. year. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. Modern Warfare two this year, and then yeah. nothing next year. It's super mm-hmm. strange. It feels like it's over, boys. Gaming is done. Call you know what? Du- I, Call I, of Duty's I, thrown in the towel. We're done. I think we've had. I think we've had enough of them. <laughs> no disrespect for Call of Duty fans. One like, Call of Duty. <laughs> Call of Duty. You're such too. a big fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I feel a little weird that there's no big Assassin's Creed because it's now been a couple of years at this point, but that it's also good of. for that Ubisoft. to... I, there's not going to no. be a big new Assassin's Creed this year. Um, but Ubisoft, maybe, they're going to announce the new Assassin's Creed game. For next year. Um, I mean, maybe... The, I think the big hope right now, if there was anything AC this year, would be the the small hope of a one remake that I've seen mm-hmm. kind of floating about. But other than that, I don't think there's a new AC this year. Um their well, big release so, for this fall is uh well right now skull and bones sparks of mm-hmm. hope and potentially avatar so they do have a busy fall <laughs> i forgot about the mario rabbits game and i thought that they added a subtitle <laughs> to skull and bones sparks skull of and hope. bones sparks of hope which is surprisingly fitting for that game <laughs> that's the one of those it three just... you forgot about not avatar <laughs> I just love this idea. Skull of Bones, Sparks of Hope that somebody will play this game. <laughs> uh, we are recording before the Skull and Bones re-revealed this week, by the way, for those listening yeah. maybe a day or two late. So any any commentary on that game, we'll, we'll have to save for next week. But yeah, we'll we'll see, especially with that September showcase coming up, as, as you mentioned earlier, Brian. We'll, we'll see what that means for PlayStation players. Mm-hmm. But um. Moving on from there, just to quickly uh, mention some other news, I do want to mention, uh, I think it broke in between shows, so forgive me if I'm repeating from last week. Uh, Brian, you can just tell me to shut up. Uh, Sucker Punch came out after months and months of people trying to say there were new uh, games being made on their franchises, including Infamous and Sly Cooper. Nothing ever official from PlayStation, but that didn't stop, as we've said, hope and rumors spreading because people love those series. Sparks of hope. Spark, new sparks of hopes. Yeah. Um, new like skull and bones from spreading, uh, for <laughs> for people in the fandoms. Uh, but infectious. Uh, Sucker Punch came out with a blog post, kind of talking about some of their legacy games and how they're keeping support on some of those servers and and kind of expectations for that stuff. But in it, they also confirmed to kind of quell any expectations that there are no 
uh, Infamous or Sly Cooper games in development with them or other studios as of this time. Mm-hmm. You know, as they say, never say never. We could see these series come back. I think any IP that is well known ever has a chance of being revived at some point by a media conglomerate because that's just how entertainment works these days. But for now, don't expect one. I'm crushed as a Sly Cooper fan, but I also didn't put too much stock into those rumors because, again, they they weren't coming from Sony. They weren't coming from from the devs kind of talking about things. We know Sucker Punch is a small studio and they only really have time for one game. It's going to be a Ghost of Tsushima sequel. Like, that is obviously say, what their like, focus is. Like, they know that that's the studio that made the, the very good game Ghost of Tsushima, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Why wouldn't um, they make more of that? <laughs> the the biggest selling new IP for Sony, I think, of the PS4 uh, generation did huge. They're making a movie. That's going to be what they're focused on. Um, other studios are not working on those games as well at the moment. It's a bummer, I think, but I think it is better for it to be out there for people to stop sort of this rumor mongering from happening, to stop that stuff from spreading. So don't expect that stuff anytime soon. Don't expect a surprise. And if it happens, then you get to be delighted. And that's kind yeah. of the best way to approach these things. I love I really, really loved Infamous Second Son. I loved playing that when it first came out, like and the the PS4 still had that new car smell. Like I, I mm-hmm. loved I loved all of that so much. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is one of my favorite games ever made. And so I'm happy to get another sequel to that. Like if you look at like just based on the numbers, the amount of Sly Cooper games we've gotten, the amount of Infamous games we've gotten, and the amount of Ghost of Tsushima games we've gotten, it's okay if they like kind of level those playing fields a little bit. But I do like that they weren't like we're never ever making those things again like they basically Mm. said you know never say never there's a chance so the like ideally a really cool thing would be you know that's the the sequel to ghost blows up like the first one did the studio expands hires more people or they they connect with some like uh with some like kind of third party studios that can help them remaster or port some of the their classic games in their legacy catalog and you'll get to see those things again because i think that like getting to experience like the infamous games or the slack cooper games in like ps5 graphics would be super cool and so yeah i do hope we get there eventually i don't necessarily need brand new entries in those franchises over a ghost of tsushima sequel which is like that's the thing i want more than anything right now yeah they're they're series i both love like you yeah i think second son was such a wonderful like first kind of entry on on ps4 to really get into i've i've adored the Sly cooper franchise for forever and wish it still was prominent but there's yeah there's a reason they're focusing on certain things if they were that in demand they probably would have spun something up by now like if they thought the money was there so for now don't expect anything maybe one day like they said it could happen but ghost of tushima will probably come and we'll all be blown away by it in hopefully Mm -hmm. just a few years um that's the title i really hope so too it's definitely not uh (laughs) weird at all to have to say um other things just to very much briefly mention, as we, we said, uh, Ubisoft is holding that multi-show showcase in September. We'll obviously cover anything big out of that show in a couple months. Uh, and also for anyone who's maybe been holding out hope, as I know some people have for uh, future bully installments, there was a report that allegedly, uh, Rockstar hasn't confirmed it, but that allegedly Red Dead Redemption 1 and GTA 4 could have had remasters, could have had, you know, uh, bump ups. <laughs> but that allegedly those projects have been shelved in order for the studio to focus on GTA 6. Unsurprisingly, they are focusing on the thing they know is going to make them a hundred bajillion bazillion dollars. Bums me out because GTA 4 was my first GTA and I love that game dearly, Brian. I know you're a a big fan of it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would be nice to have parody of Red Dead 1 and 2 on, on modern consoles to be able to play easily without having to stream via PS3 or the backward compatible version on Xbox, but... That just doesn't seem to be in the cards right now. Yeah, I I wonder if that. Well, first of all, like this is frustrating because I love GTA Four, like I said before, and it's also like it's it's sort of like it's this weird kind of forgotten. It's it's weird to call it a forgotten game because it's it's sold billions, but um, the amount of times we've seen ports or remasters of all the other games in in, in the GTA series, or most all most of all of them, um, and the attention that's been put on GTA Five with new content over the last decade. It's kind of frustrating that they didn't again throw this to a studio that could modernize it a little bit and put it on new consoles i know that that's like you know armchair game dev over here just being like throw money at it but if there's any company that can throw money at it it's rockstar (laughs) right and so like i don't necessarily think this is one of those things where they're like they're taking all of their resources and they're funneling directly into gta 6. 
Like this, there's, I, to me, there isn't a universe where a, a port of GTA 4 or a remaster detracted from the content that could go into 6, right? That said, the remasters we got of the GTA trilogy were like notoriously kind of shoddy right out of the gate. And they did like fix them up a little bit, but they ended up, and this is gross, but they ended up selling a ton anyway. And so mm. fans <clears throat> were nostalgic for these games. Fans are nostalgic for these games. They'll buy them regardless of the state that they're in. That doesn't mean that they should ship them, you know, in in a poor state. But throw the throw these games to to a company that can handle that, you know, and put GTA Four on modern consoles with, you know, like some. First of all, I would love to be able to play this game without like the wet mud sepia tone filter over <laughs> yeah. the entire thing. That was yeah. so endemic of what ha was happening uh, for so many games of that era. Uh, so no fault to GTA for that, because that's just that was the style back then. That's what people did. But there's so much cool stuff here, and obviously the the fan modding community on PC continues to rule, and they they modernize these things, and they you know they make they make these things infinitely playable on future systems forever. But in terms of console players, uh, they don't get to experience these games the way I think that they should. And so I wish that they would rethink the strategy. I wish they would work with the studio that that would properly modernize gta 4 and bring it to to ps5 because that would be super cool i think fans would love it would sell a ton and it would hold people over until gta 6 comes out which feels to me like it's still very far away yeah, yeah. i yeah. i think we're a ways out from it as well and mm -hmm. yeah i i agree i do think to your point probably the as much as it sold very well probably the reception to those remasters of the other gta games might have been a potential reason for this like why risk having that happen again when they, mm -hmm. I guess, don't feel like they need to financially. But I agree. I think like there's a world where you can have these come out. They can be things that people get excited about. Hopefully they can be in a good state and you can still probably focus pretty well on GTA 6. Yeah, it's a bummer about Red Dead, only because Red Dead also never even came to PC. And the GTA 4 version of on, on PC is, like Brian said, it needs to be like... <clears throat> heavily modded i think to work correctly because it was a windows game which that service like doesn't exist anymore like i forget what it was called but uh so it, it kind of sucks yeah that there's not an easy way to play those games i i can picture a world like they didn't make the original trilogy remakes right but then yeah. they still get accused of like spending resources that should be on gta 6 so i guess in one way it's it's a very good thing for them to just be like you know what we're done we have our GTA 5 team that's going to work on GTA 5, you know, forever. Um, um, unless GTA 6, you know, GTA Online, sorry, is what I mean. But it's like, I can picture them finally just, I, I'm glad that they're finally just like, you know what? GTA 6 is now our priority. Because, you, you know, you have to assume it takes some resources for them to, like, check in on these ports and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know what? Every single person now, if you're not working on GTA 6, you're working on the wrong thing kind of deal. Right. So I, I guess there's some hope there. But, yeah, it, it's GTA 4 is a game that I've played a lot and I like a lot. Um, that game also shows quite a bit of age not even just in the graphics but in in the driving and stuff as well <laughs> um then gta 5 like that game kind of feels like you're driving on a bar of soap so um <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm curious if that's something that they that they'd want to address and that's maybe that's why but i don't know i'm really sad about red dead because red dead just is like it spawned this huge you know nobody remembers red dead revolver red dead redemption is the game that you know is is what makes people red dead fans now and like it kind of sucks that the game it didn't even get a pc port that kind of sucks that so, is weird but... yeah i mean i i i maintain that like if there was a couple of like different quality of life stuff in red dead redemption 2 that uh they could have made a game that i think connected with just a, a an even grander audience that it did we talked about god of war before god of war beat red dead in pretty much most major game of the year categories the year mm -hmm. the, these both came out in 2018 right yeah. um and I, I think famously like a lot of people really 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 loved red dead they also really wanted to get into it and it was just a tick too slow and too tedious with a couple of little things like walking and riding and animations and picking stuff mm -hmm. up and, whoa whoa hold on there it was like a lot of that <laughs> kind of stuff and it's, it's a also, different kind of game for it's sure. It's a different kind of game for sure. And I don't know if that's what people um kind of expected after GTA 5. But also there's a, there's sort of like there's a, a a low ceiling on how you can scope endless amounts of content for 
a period piece versus something like GTA five, where you could just be like, Hey, guess what? There's like hovercrafts in the game now. And like a uh, gold helicopters and, you know, jetpacks and all this other fun stuff. Whereas Red Dead, you're kind of just like, you know, you're kind of glued to that whole old timey horsey stuff, which is cool for people mm -hmm. that want that world. But it's unsurprising to me. I think we predicted this out the gate that, uh, this wouldn't this wouldn't scale to the same levels of popularity that GTA Five did. I mean, what can really like yeah. really yeah. like nothing can. There's nothing like I, it. I've yeah. I've played a lot of Red Dead Online, and it's like it doesn't matter how cool some of the new horses are. It doesn't matter what kind of guns you can give somebody. Like you're never gonna beat giving the world the Batmobile or like the DeLorean, right? And like that's the uphill battle Red Dead always had. Um, and they kind of famously don't really support it as much as they support Red Dead Online because I or uh, GTA Online because they know that it's like it's never going to have that like that that wave of players that that GTA has. But yeah, I don't know. But I'm also very very excited for GTA Six. So I'm not going to be incredibly sad at the news that we're not getting remakes of the old games because they're working on the new game. It's time. Well you can look forward to playing PlayStation uh, 6's GTA 6, because I think that game is uh, quite a ways <laughs> off at this point. Oh, man. I, hope. Um, I think so, too. It's at least a few years, I would... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, sad, sad that, at least for now, allegedly we won't be getting a revisit of those two games, but still plenty to look forward to uh, in the months to come. And, and, yeah, whenever we get a morsel of small GTA 6 news, we'll be sure to talk about it here on the show. Um <laughs> Speaking of old games, I'm not going to go on very long about it. I have actually been playing the original Final Fantasy VII for the first time because, like you, Mark, I got so excited by that Square Enix, uh, basically FF7 Direct with the Crisis Core and Remake Part 2 reveals that I just kind of wanted to jump back into that world, and I've never played the original Seven, so I'm playing it on, like, the PS4 streamlined version, barely doing battles, mostly just exploring it for the story and the world and, and really getting into it. Uh, but I mentioned that because our memory card this week, before we wrap up, uh, relates to Final Fantasy VII. Uh, so memory cards, if you would like to write in with yours, uh, please write in to beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card, uh, with your sad, weird, happy, wacky, whatever memories of your PlayStation life, and we'll read them on the show each and every week. Uh, this one comes from Brian, who, different Brian than the one on the show, I think. Brian, uh, you wrote to us? That's so cool, I, there's man. no other way to get to get in touch with you guys. I just had a, <laughs> I, I refuse to, to speak to you unless you email me. Um, yeah. Brian, no, wrote me. <laughs> Brian wrote in and said, first off, thank you all for keeping us entertained weekly. I'm a UPS driver and your podcast is one of a few that helped me get through my day much easier. I'd also like to thank Mark Bedina for mentioning Brave Fencer Musashi in a few podcasts a couple months ago and bringing back one of my favorite video game memories. Final Fantasy VII has been my favorite game since it came out in 1997, maybe before that since I played the demo maybe 50 times in the months leading up to that release. Everything about that game was perfect to me, and after putting in hundreds of hours into it and doing everything possible, I couldn't wait for the next one. The following summer I heard that the demo for FF8 would be released with a game I'd never heard of, Brave Fencer Musashi. Not only that, looking in the back of one of the magazines I subscribed to, I saw a page for a mail-order video game store called Game Cave that showed that it was already released in Japan and that you could buy the import from their store. Uh, on the bottom of the page, there was an address for their company located in Monrovia, California, uh, and looking it up, I realized that would be a small 30-minute detour or so on the way to Disneyland, where my best friend and I were headed a couple weeks later. We drove six hours from the Bay Area down there uh, on the first day of our vacation where we found Game Cave. I remember being shocked at how small the place was, but I guess it made sense with the majority of their sales coming through the mail. I told the guy behind the counter I would like to buy a copy of the game, and he grabbed it for me. As he was ringing me up, he asked me, you do have your PlayStation modded, right? To which I replied, uh, what? He proceeded to explain that in order to play Japanese games, my PlayStation would have to have a chip put into it to allow my console to read the discs. He saw the defeated look on my face, but assured me it would be okay because they could mod my system there for a small fee. I then explained that I live 400 miles north and that wouldn't be possible. He thought for a few seconds and then told me to hang tight. He went into the back and a few minutes later came out with a piece of paper in a Ziploc bag. In it was a chip with a few wires hanging from it and the piece of paper was a photocopy of the inside of a PlayStation. He handed them to me and gave me a few pointers on how to solder the chip into place. He didn't charge me a penny for it other than the 80 bucks to, import, to buy the import game. Uh, but I was equally excited and nervous about performing surgery on my beloved console that I had spent my hard-earned money on. When I returned from my vacation the following week, I cleared off the table, followed the instructions, and successfully installed the chip. I popped in the demo. I can't believe this is all for a demo, which is incredible. <laughs> uh, I popped in the demo for FF8 and let out a sigh of relief as the Squaresoft logo appeared on my screen. 
After being slightly disappointed with the demo, I tried Brave Fencer out. I was instantly hooked with the gameplay and less than a week later had passed the game while understanding absolutely nothing about the story. Uh, a few months later, I bought the English version of the game and loved playing through it while actually understanding what I was fighting for. Uh, also bought Vagrant Story at the time, one of the most underrated and overlooked PS1 games ever. Um, if you happen to read this on the podcast, and if the Game Cave clerk from the summer of 1998 is listening, thank you. Uh, and Brian, thank you for writing in. I hope, I'm glad that all worked out for you. I have never done any sort of surgery on any of my consoles. I know a lot of mm -hmm. people kind of first did something close to that with the hard drives for the PS5. Like, that's, I think, the closest a lot of people have come to. Uh, Which is recently. like the easiest thing ever. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I would, I never, I was always too afraid to touch my console. I remember there like was a, one of the 3DSs you had to like uh, unscrew the back plate to put a SD card in. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. That was dumb. That's about as far yeah. as I've gotten. I've, I've never actually, uh, well, actually I've, I, I did modify Joy-Cons before, but I've never taken apart um, like a, a console. A console. You're, yeah. If you can do that, you're brave and power to <laughs> you. I respect you. I uh, I always feared the warranty and that the, the police would come for me if I broke it. So, yeah. uh, Brian, uh, both on the show and and both writing in, thank you for your time. And and Brian, thank you at home for writing in. And if you would like to write in to beyond at IGN.com with your memory card stories, we'll read them on the show each week. But that is pretty much going to do it for this week's episode of Beyond. Ragnarok is coming. We have a date for it. It's actually on the way. Very, very excited about it. We but, did it, boys. Uh, Brian and Mark, thank you both so much for joining me. You can find us all on Twitter. I'm at JM Dornbush. Brian is at Agent Bizzle and Mark is at Mark underscore Medina. Thank you, as always, to Red, our producer, for making the show happen as well. And thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching. We hope you're doing well. We hope you're staying safe and healthy. And as always, beyond. 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 Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No, she was sent here anonymously. Uh -uh, not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every 